Hi everyone. Welcome to the Desi Crime Podcast. I'm Ashwarya, your host for this episode. And I'm Aryan. Before we start the case for today, we want all of you to go over to our Patreon and subscribe for amazing exclusive features like merch, awesome extra episodes, early access episodes, video calls with us and more. To help the podcast out and to avail these benefits, go to www.patreon.com/desicrime and select a tier that works best for you. We'd also like to thank our two newest patrons, Sonalika Nair and Juhi Kulkarni. Your contributions help run this podcast and mean the world to us. मैम क्या आज बच्चों की छुट्टी जल्दी कर दी गई है ओके फाइन गुड आपको कोई इंफॉर्मेशन दी गई थी छुट्टी की नहीं कुछ नहीं मिली क्या हुआ था स्कूल में आज मर्डर हो गया आपको क्या हुआ ऑन द 8th ऑफ सितंबर 2017 A loving father drove his two kids, his 7-year-old son and 11-year-old daughter to school, like he had done on many mornings in the past, like parents across India did that day too. He smiled and waved goodbye to his children at 7:55 a.m. By 8:15, life as this father knew it had changed forever. His world had come crashing down in front of his eyes, and there was nothing he could do about it. This is the story of that 7-year-old baby boy. This is the story of Pradyuman Thakur. I remember this case this name Pradyuman Thakur like it was yesterday I've spent 10 years of my life in Gurgaon back in 2017 this is what everybody was talking about I think what really made this case different what truly about this case struck a chord in people's heart was where it happened there are some places we inherently associate with happiness and laughter and childlike mischief and a school is perhaps the most significant of such places it was gut wrenching back then it is gut wrenching today what happened within the confines of those walls where children should feel more safe was not the safest place for them you're absolutely right about that aran i think that's exactly what makes school shootings in the united states so mm, incredibly yeah. gut wrenching just the thought of children in a space that's meant for them a space they spend probably more time than they do in their own homes that's one place that we as a society should be able to protect them in but this case showed india tragedy strikes like lightning destroying everything around it and tragedy can strike absolutely anywhere and just like most cases we cover i again know the basics of this story but i think just like me the listeners do not know what actually happened the on the ground details so to say i also don't know of the developments made in this case in the last 5 years so tell us ashwara what happened between 7:55 a.m and 8:15 a.m in that 20 minute window that changed everything before we dive in though we'd like to remind all of you desi listeners that the desi crime podcast family has grown and it wouldn't have been possible without you all 
We've partnered with Lost Debate, which is a media startup based out of New York. And not only have they invested in us, they launched the Lost Debate, podcast and YouTube show for political nerds who want more nuance from the news and a good faith look at the issues. If you're interested in all kinds of news with a nuanced lens, go to the Lost Debate for an unbiased understanding of American politics wherever you get your podcasts. Aryan, you mentioned that 20-minute window in which this crime took place. Before we talk about those 20 minutes, though, which are incredibly important, we have to backtrack a little. Seven-year-old Pradyuman's father, Barun Chandra Thakur, and his wife, Jyoti Thakur, had only ever studied in small Hindi medium schools back in the bustling city of Jamshedpur, where they had met, gotten married, and would have probably dreamed of having children of their own one day. They both belonged to small, middle-class families, so when they finally decided to leave Jamshedpur to live in Shyamkunj in Gurugram 20 years ago, they knew that even though they didn't have kids then, when they chose to have kids, they'd be able to afford them opportunities that they never got for themselves. When parents say this, that they wanted to afford opportunities to their kids that they never got for themselves, 90% of the time you can be sure that they're talking about an education. For middle-class families in India, education is the only vehicle of upward mobility and the chance at a better life in the future. And Barun and Jyoti knew that. They understood that. Which is why, when Jyoti got pregnant with her baby daughter Vidhi in 2006 and then their baby boy Pradyuman in 2010, the couple left no stone unturned in finding a school that understood where they were coming from, a school that shared the same values they did and would raise their two kids to be progressive and responsible young people who did well for themselves. What school they chose was a big deal to the couple. When Vidhi was old enough to go to school, the choice finally came down to either Delhi Public School or Ryan International School. And at the time, to the couple, it seemed like Ryan International was the better choice by every metric. Ashwara, when I was uh, moving to Gurgaon from Mumbai, and I was in probably first grade, Uh I remember my parents taking me to... We went to about 10 to 15 schools for my admission. And the final choice was between the school that I went to, Sun City, for anybody who cares, and Ryan International. <laughs> oh, wow. Who yeah. knew Aryan was almost in Ryan International school? Almost at Ryan International, yeah. So, it's clear from this, from everything Aryan just said, that the Ryan schools are actually really famous schools in India for anyone who doesn't know. They were actually started back in the 1970s by a husband and wife duo from Karnataka, Dr. Augustine Francis Pinto and his wife, Dr. Grace Pinto, named after their son, Ryan Pinto, who today is the CEO of the Ryan International Group of Institutions. Today, Ryan owns upwards of 130 international schools in India, started with the aim of providing the Indian middle class with an English medium education. This was the school Pradyuman would start going to. It was close enough to the couple's house where they could pick and drop off their children if necessary. Yet, it was a prestigious school with multiple branches across Delhi NCR and a well-established name. The school had CCTV cameras and professionally-led sports teams, none of which Barun or Jyoti had the privilege of growing up with. They were going to make sure that their kids got in. And they did. First Vidhi and then Pradyuman, 
both began going to Ryan International. This is such a big deal for those of you who don't get it. Like being, you know, raised in a middle class family to get into an English medium school in yeah. a metropolitan like, you know, Delhi, Noida, Gurgaon. It's so competitive to get into these schools and it means so much for a family that their child gets into one. So it's a really big deal even though it doesn't sound like it. And Pradyuman and Vidhi had done their parents proud. They had gotten in. And for a while after joining school, both the kids actually used the school-provided transportation, which was a bus, to get to and from school. But shortly before the 8th of September 2017, the day that we'll be talking about, Barun and Jyoti decided they weren't comfortable with doing that anymore. For their own personal safety concerns, nothing necessarily to do with the school, the couple decided they would drop and pick their kids from school themselves. Now, even though Gurgaon is the third richest city in India and has been called the new and emerging Indian hub for Fortune 500 companies, it's a city that's unsafe by multiple standards. If you take all of Delhi NCR into account, as of 2014, 40% of the crimes committed within that region were from Gurugram alone. The Tribune India has called Gurugram a, quote, cesspool of crime, while Nambeo, which is a global database, says Gurugram ranks high on crime rate, crime increase in the last three years, and corruption and bribery. In fact, Gurugram ranks incredibly high on crimes committed by juveniles, with 10 crimes committed by juvenile being reported every day. So taking this transportation responsibility into their own hands gave the parents greater peace of mind. That is exactly what Barun did the morning of September 8th. Him and his wife woke up at around 6.30am that morning and unlike every other morning, Pradyuman was already awake on his own to get ready for school. Usually it took effort to get him to wake up and up and ready for school mornings like it did for all of us. But this morning was exciting for Pradyuman. It was his friend's birthday. And birthdays in Indian schools, y'all, are incredibly exciting. (laughs) Being able to dress up in non-uniform clothes and going from class to class distributing candy. It's a whole affair. And Pradyuman couldn't wait to get to school. Him and his sister got ready for school. They all ate breakfast. And by 7.40am, Barun told the kids it was time to get into the car to leave or they'd get late. It was an important day after all. 11-year-old Vidhi had an exam. Jyoti asked Vidhi if she had kept everything she needed for the exam and Vidhi said yes. Pradyuman laughed and like every younger brother on this planet, teased Vidhi. Bollo bhi, fir exam mein nahi milega saman to tum hona. Lie to mom all you want right now when you won't find your things in the middle of the exam, then you'll be worried. By 7.43am, Barun, Pradyuman and Vidhi were inside the car, where Barun spent the time talking to his kids. He heard Pradyuman talk about how he wasn't able to sleep the previous night because it was incredibly hot in the house. And he heard Vidhi talk about her big exam. By 7.55am, Barun had said goodbye to his babies, who walked away into the school building. मुझे एग्जैक्टली याद है मतलब मोबाइल से देख के मैं निकला था कि लेट हो रहा है चलो 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 7:43 मैंने गाड़ी स्टार्ट की थी दोनों बच्चे थे मेरे साथ और मैंने उनको 7:55 में गेट पे स्कूल के मेन गेट पे ड्रॉप कर दिया स्कूल के मेन गेट पे ड्रॉप करना होता है वहां से बच्चे स्कूल के बिल्डिंग तक पैदल जाते हैं करते हुए समहाउ जस्ट 10 मिनट्स लेटर 
by 8:05 am that morning something had happened inside the walls of that school while the teachers were beginning to walk into the classrooms and the children were starting to settle into their chairs pradyuman wasn't inside his class all the kids normally would have been at the school assembly at this time including pradyuman but that was the week of exams for the school and the school decided to cancel its morning assembly Suddenly from outside the classrooms the teachers and students heard the screams of the school gardener Harpal Singh who was shouting for someone to come help As teachers ran out of the classrooms and students peeped out of the class doors they all gasped for air Lying on the floor outside the school washroom in the corridor was the body of 7-year-old Pradyuman bleeding profusely from his neck It was obvious though Pradyuman was still alive. In fact it was clear he had walked all the way out of the washroom into the corridor while he was bleeding because no there was a trail way. of blood splattered all the way back to the washroom. By that time a number of people had collected outside to help. There was gardener Harpal Singh, one of the school's bus conductors Ashok Kumar, the school's junior wing in charge Miss Anju Dudeja and school's acting principal Miss Neeja Batra. Miss Anju Dudeja told bus conductor Ashok Kumar to pick up the injured Pradyuman and carry him out to the teacher's parking lot so he could be rushed to the nearest hospital. CCTV cameras show Ashok Kumar carrying Pradyuman out to the parking lot where he's taken into the vice principal's car and driven away to the Badshahpur hospital. By now it was 8:08 a.m. and Pradyuman's father Barun was back home. Barun opened the door to his house removed his slippers out by the door and as he took his first step into the house after dropping his kids off he heard his wife's phone ring realizing she was probably busy in the washroom or in the kitchen because she wasn't picking up the phone he walked towards the sound of the cell phone ring and answered it himself on the other end of the phone call was the receptionist from the school aur unko chhod ke main wapas aaya hunga ghar pahunchaunga main 8 आठ 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 नौ के आसपास ठीक आठ बज के दस मिनट पे स्कूल के रिसेप्शन से वाइफ के फ़ोन पे फ़ोन आया जो फ़ोन मैंने ही पिक किया उन्होंने कहा कि आप अंजू डुडेजा जो है जो इन लोगों की जूनियर विंग की सुपरवाइज़र हैं उनसे आप इमीडिएटली बात करें मैंने कॉल किया पहली बार वॉइस डिस्टर्ब थी फिर मैंने सेकेंड टाइम कॉल किया नॉट रीचेबल था फिर थर्ड टाइम कॉल किया और ये सारा विद इन अ मिनट हुआ है कॉल किया उनसे बात हुई उन्होंने कहा कि बच्चा बाथरूम के बाहर गिरा हुआ मिला है हमें और काफ़ी ब्लीडिंग हो रही है उसको हम उसको हॉस्पिटल लेके जा रहे हैं आप सीधे हॉस्पिटल पहुंचिए बादशाहपुर हॉस्पिटल पहुंचिए कोट एट एग्जैक्टली एट टेन वी गॉट अ कॉल फ्रॉम द स्कूल ऑन माय वाइफ्स फोन आई पिकड अप द कॉल आई वॉज टोल्ड टू कॉल द जूनियर स्कूल सुपरवाइजर मिस अंजू डुडेजा इमीडिएटली आई कॉल्ड हर बट देर वॉज सम डिस्टर्बेंस आई कॉल्ड अ सेकेंड टाइम बट इट वॉज अनरीचेबल I then called a third time. All of this happened within a minute. When I called the third time, she told me they found my son lying outside the school washroom and that he was bleeding. They said they were taking him to the Badshahpur hospital and that I should meet them there directly." End quote. By 8:15, the couple rushed out of their house to the Badshahpur hospital. While on their way the couple got another call from one of the school teachers saying they now wanted the couple to meet them at the much bigger and fancier Artemis Hospital in Gurugram. 
this raised alarm bells in Barun's mind. He says he didn't express his feelings to his wife at that moment, but something suddenly felt very wrong. What up until now felt like possibly just a minor injury caused by his son probably running around and playing in the school now suddenly seemed much bigger. Why couldn't his injury be treated at the smaller Badshapur hospital? What had happened to their son? At the Artemis hospital, Barun and Jyoti are met with five staff members from the school who tell the couple that Pradyuman was currently in the emergency room. The doctor in charge of Pradyuman's case told Barun to request his wife to wait outside the emergency room while the doctor took Barun inside to see Pradyuman. By now, Barun obviously knew something was very wrong. Their seven-year-old son was in the emergency room of a big hospital with the doctor asking his wife to not see their son. Something was wrong, but Barun expected to see his son alive, hurt probably very badly, yes, but alive. As Barun walked into the emergency room, his whole world came crashing down right in front of him. His baby was laying on the hospital bed with his school uniform looking dark red from how much blood it had soaked. His whole body was covered in blood. The right side of his neck was covered in so much bandage, bandage that was supposed to be white, but was now a dark red. The doctor slowly opened up the bandage and on Pradyuman's neck wasn't a scar from accidentally getting hurt while playing or a cut from falling down. On his neck was a stab wound so deep, Barun claims he couldn't have looked at that body even if it was someone else's child. It was that heartbreaking. It was obvious his son was dead, but the doctors confirmed it. Pradyuman was brought dead to the hospital, the doctor said. He had succumbed to his injuries and was no more. Now, Aran, imagine you have a child, right? And your child is at school when you suddenly get a call saying your child is hurt, he's bleeding, and that you need to get to the hospital as soon as you can. What's the first thought in your mind? What do you assume happened? Why would you think your child was found bleeding inside the school premises? Playing tag with his friends or hide and seek and hitting his head somewhere, probably. Like an absolute buffoon. Right? Yeah. Or like yeah, slipping yeah, yeah. off the like stairs. Like stupid kid things. Exactly. And that's probably exactly what Pradyuman's parents thought when they received that call that day. That's what they thought when they walked into Artemis Hospital looking for their child. But inside the hospital, they saw the true extent of Pradyuman's injuries. Their baby was dead. While the teachers were picking Pradyuman up from the school corridor and taking him to the car so he could be driven to the hospital, I mentioned that a group of people had gathered to help Pradyuman. In this group of people was also a parent who had come to school that morning to pay his child's school fee and had run to the corridor where Pradyuman was found after hearing the cries and screams. This parent was Subhash Garg. When the teachers took Pradyuman to the hospital, Subhash Garg stayed back with some of the staff members to inspect the crime scene to better understand what had just happened. He could see in front of him a trail of blood coming out of the washroom. He noticed the bloody handprints and blood splatters on the walls outside the washroom, indicating Pratyuman had crawled out and possibly banged against the wall while trying to get out. As he began looking around for clues, someone came rushing to him to tell him that they had seen a knife inside one of the washroom stalls. 
Subhash Garg and the school staff that had stayed back with him pulled out their phones to record the trail of blood for evidence. I've seen this video, you all. After the Burari video of the family members hanging, this is probably the most disturbing video I've seen while running this podcast. Subhash Garg is holding the phone, walking into the washroom following the blood trail. There is so much blood. But as he walks into the washroom, there's complete darkness. Nothing is visible for those few seconds of the video. That's when Mr. Garg urges one of the other staff members to turn their flash on while he continues to record. Suddenly, the flash goes on and the camera is pointing inside the last washroom stall. It's one of those Indian toilets where you have to squat over. There is blood everywhere. I don't remember the last time I saw so much blood in a video. Inside the drain of the toilet is the knife. It's right there on the video. You can see the wooden handle protruding from the top. Quote, That was when we knew this was a gruesome crime, said Mr. Garg. You all, we just paused the recording here for a minute so I could show Aran the video. Aran, give me your thoughts. What do you think when you see the crime scene? Yeah, um... Now I see why you said this is one of the most gruesome things you've seen while running the podcast. My, I don't even yeah. know how to react to that. Just to know that that was a kid's, a child's blood splattered all over a toilet. Um, and the way the video is made, yeah. it's just, it's dark for like five seconds and then it flashes with like a bright red blood. That is, right. yeah. I, I don't know how to react. Like, yeah. It's an incredibly unfortunate scene to watch. It was a child and I think that adds most to the fact that it's just such a terribly tragic crime scene to look at. By 10.30 a.m. that morning, the media had gotten to know of the murder, which they began to telecast all over their news channels. Parents of worried students gathered outside the school premises, many of them angry and many scared. You can see mothers waiting for their children to come out of the school building, but their hands are shaking. They can't talk straight because of how scared and angry they are. By about that time, the Haryana police had reached the school too. And unfortunately for them, their incompetence was recorded on tape. You can see random people, journalists and parents alike, walking into the crime scene and through the corridor where Pradyuman was found in the presence of the police officers, right in front of them. None of them are being stopped, none of them are being inspected. If that's bad, listen to this. Someone from the school supporting staff had taken a wet mop or a poncha and wiped away the entire trail of blood out in the corridor and left the mop lying right there on the floor, outside the washroom, covered in blood. You all, I actually had a dentist appointment yesterday and the dentist made me wear one of those really funny looking hair caps and shoe covers before entering his office. While I was putting those on, the only image in my mind was that of Haryana police officers walking right over the blood splotches and through the crime scene in their uncovered shoes, all of which is recorded on tape. No gloves, no protective gear, nothing. When police entered the washroom stall where Pradyuman had been stabbed and the knife was laying, one of the officers just reached in and picked the knife up and put it in a weird-looking transparent plastic box. 
you can see two officers holding up the open box with the knife inside again without any gloves on it sounds like you're talking about the gurgaon police oh wait I you actually are <laughs> i yeah no their incompetence was terrible and heavily criticized on the news over and over again it's that is unbelievable it's all recorded on that is I absolutely know, it unbelievable baffles my mind to have the weapon probably used in whatever this crime was the one i mean firstly don't put it in a plastic box is it like a tiffin box what is even a plastic box you all please go over to our instagram at desi crime and see the box they put the knife in i for the life of me can't describe what that box is did they find it in the school and just decide to use it to put the evidence <laughs> yeah. in i don't know what that box is it's and it's it's not no like idea. it's the 1980s where you don't understand basic forensic science i mean gurgaon even before this happened has seen its fair share of crimes i mean we all know it has they must have some standard of op- like procedure where they have to follow when a crime is done what is i mean forget it not being the 1990s and knowing like the actual protocol when a crime takes place it's 2022 don't you know you're being recorded every step of the way at least out of the fear of the consequence after you're recorded and put on display for the country to see at least out of that fear perhaps follow actual protocol i don't know it was all just a huge right. mess when you look at it By this time though 200 some angry parents had gathered inside the school building shouting slogans against the school and its teachers breaking the glass windows and tables in the reception area breaking a tall grandfather clock and shattering it to the ground and throwing plant pots across the room Eventually Haryana police received news from their intelligence team that someone might try to burn the school down which is when finally the police shut the school off to the public while all of this was going on at the school pradyuman's parents were taking their child's body to the mortuary in sadar bazar by 12:30 pm that morning for the postmortem of their own child Dr Deepak Mathur the forensic specialist who conducted Pradyuman's autopsy came forward to reveal his analysis of the injuries in the documentary titled Big Little Murder which by the way has since been banned by the Delhi High Court quote his neck was completely split open such a small child with such deep and invasive injuries it was a very gruesome sight to see said Dr Mathur According to his analysis there were two cuts on Pradyuman's neck. The first one was a 12 cm long cut right in the middle of his throat but wasn't deep at all and wouldn't have led to so much bleeding or his death as quickly as it actually took place. Dr Mathur called this one a superficial injury. It was the second cut that caused all the bleeding and ultimately Pradyuman's death. It ran from the middle of his neck all the way to the back of his ear, making it much longer and much deeper than the previous injury. According to Dr. Mathur, the length and depth of this cut shows the sheer force with which Pradyuman was cut and gives us some insight into the psyche and intent of the person that murdered him. The intent being wanting to make sure Pradyuman didn't survive under any circumstance. Dr Mathur claims the murderer was definitely quote stouter and bigger than the child making it easy to grab the child from the back and inflict an injury that went upwards towards the ear He also claims that considering the nature of the cut to Pradyuman's neck he would have been unable to scream or shout or call for help after he was attacked 
no. his body and mind would have gone into a state of shock and he would have struggled in those last few minutes that he was alive as his blood would have filled up his own trachea or his windpipe from the mortuary after the postmortem was complete at about 3:30 pm 250 people including pradyuman's parents marched to the office of the haryana police on foot where they demanded that the culprit behind the murder be caught they said they wouldn't cremate the child's body till the murderer wasn't found all right ashwara i mean this is absolutely appalling that there is no there's no i mean it's indescribable how appalling this is but you said it's 3:30 pm so technically it's been just 6 right. hours since the alleged murder happened yeah from whatever little i know of covering desi crime it's that whenever within a short period of time almost sort of a mob justice is demanded by whoever even if it's rightfully demanded right it tends yeah. to botch up the investigation because the police is pressured into taking action and so they just take action it's not genuine action it's just optics you know for the media to actually shed positive right. light on the police was there a possibility that that might happen here i've actually given this some amount of thought aran especially in regards to this case Obviously Pradyuman's parents have my and the entire country's sympathies with them but I think this pressure created by 250 people marching to the police's office and by the insane amounts of media scrutiny all of this went against the actual aim which was finding justice for Pradyuman and you're about to see exactly how all of this played into finding the suspects that Haryana police eventually did catch and present to the world Mm. By 3:30 p.m. that afternoon the news of the murder had spread like wildfire across the country. Pradyuman's father Barun said something that really resonated with me. He said this case got so much attention because it was a murder. He said he would have understood if his child had fallen off the stairs and died or gotten terribly hurt while playing with other students and then died but his child was killed inside a school not even after the school was over for the day and isolated and lonely his child was killed in the early morning hours when the school was probably the busiest with parents coming in and out buses of kids arriving and teachers entering how did nobody see or hear anything If you go over to our Instagram at Desi Crime and open up the picture of the school building from the outside, you will see that the washroom window is right by the main school entryway into the building, the entryway from which all of the teachers and kids were coming into the school that morning. How was this possible? And the motive was what baffled Barun and Jyoti the most. What could a 7-year-old possibly have done to yeah. warrant such a death? This is where it's important to remember what I said about Gurugram and its criminal underbelly. One journalist said that while Gurugram can easily be considered one of India's most cosmopolitan pockets, it was also an incredibly patriarchal belt in the middle of a developing environment where people took pride in lawlessness and settling their own matters. In fact, I remember the first time I ever visited Gurugram. It was about 6 or 7 years ago, and I remember thinking it was incredibly peculiar. For 5 minutes you'll see fancy cars and malls and tall corporate offices surrounded by huge bungalows, and suddenly you'll be in the middle of a village where even the roads weren't properly paved. 5 minutes later, it's developed and cosmopolitan again before you're in the middle of another village. 
and this school was located not in the fancy cosmopolitan part but in the underdeveloped village part with news reporters claiming they didn't even know how to reach the school the morning of the murder considering all of this barun and jyoti assumed their child had seen some criminal activity within the school that he shouldn't have and he was punished for it he had either seen senior students abusing drugs or had seen maybe two school teachers in a compromising sexual position or the school authorities engaging in some illegal activity mm. in the school the haryana police had arrived with its own forensics team which examined the area and collected evidence including fingerprints from the entire premises The police collected CCTV footage from the hallway near the scene of the crime which showed Pradyuman attempting to crawl out of the washroom while he was bleeding from the neck before he finally couldn't stand up anymore and collapsed in the hallway. But the police soon realized that almost all the cameras in the school were dysfunctional, making their job significantly more tough and bringing the school and its administration under heavy scrutiny. Wait, this sounds like a school in Gurgaon. Oh, wait. It is a school in Gurgaon. It is a school in Gurgaon. <laughs> But around the police rather quickly detained and questioned 10 people including the parent on the scene Do you remember Mr Subhash mm-hmm. Garg the man that shot yep. the video his over enthusiasm to record and circulate videos of the crime scene on whatsapp even just his prolonged presence on the crime scene seemed very suspicious to the cops but of those 10 people questioned cops noticed blood stains on only the clothes of one and that was it They thought they had cracked it. This was their no murder suspect. Way. Despite the sensitivity and the complexity of this case, somehow by 6 p.m. that evening, just nine hours after the murder, Gurugram Police Commissioner Sandeep Khirwar and Deputy Commissioner of Police Simardeep Singh had gone on record to say that they had their murderer. Not only did they say they had their murderer, they said they had a confession from their murderer. And not only did they have a confession from their murderer, they were going to present their murderer to the media, where he was going to confess on national television, and the media would be allowed to ask him questions. Their story was simple, and the murderer of their story, bus conductor Ashok no. Kumar. Freaking way! Ashok Kumar is the same guy who helped carry Pradyuman to the car, right? Yep, that's the of, one. That makes no. Of course, he has blood on his shirt. He carried the bleeding kit to the car, and he was asked to help. Of course, he has blood on his clothes. Is that all they had? No, they actually claimed they had a lot more evidence. In fact, from the sound of it, it seemed like they had enough evidence to send Ashok Kumar to prison that very instant. Two school students changing in that same washroom that morning had seen Ashok Kumar inside the washroom, even though that washroom was meant strictly for students. CCTV camera footage shows Kumar walking around the corridor where the washroom is at around the time of the murder. Remember the blood-stained knife found inside the washroom? Police claimed that that knife belonged to the bus toolkits present inside all of the school buses. They said that the knife from Ashok's bus was missing, and this was it. The story went as follows. Ashok came in the morning bus and arrived at the school at 7:50 a.m. 
when the kids had gotten out of his bus and left he decided he wanted to use the toolkit knife for his own personal use that day but when he took it out of the box he noticed it was rusted so he walked into the school looking for a washroom to clean the knife in the police said they had cctv evidence showing ashok entering the washroom a few minutes later pradyuman walks into the washroom Then the footage shows Ashok Kumar walking out of the washroom with blood on his shirt and a minute or less later Pradyuman crawls out bleeding from his neck. And the police have a theory for what happened inside the washroom too. You see, when Ashok walked in to clean his knife, the police claimed, he suddenly felt the urge to I don't know how to say this nicely, please himself. You mean masturbate? Exactly. <laughs> Why would he want to do that randomly no like way. this in the school washroom where he went to clean a knife like is it normal to go and want to clean a knife but then suddenly have the urge to masturbate <laughs> the police had a theory for that too because you see Ashok Kumar had had a fight with his wife the previous night because she had refused to sleep with him so he walks into this washroom to please himself because his wife wouldn't sleep with him but realizes that since this is a washroom in the junior wing of the school the individual stalls didn't have locks on the inside of the doors so that the kids don't lock themselves up inside by mistake despite the unlockable doors he continued what he was doing when suddenly pradyuman entered the washroom seeing the little kid Ashok Kumar realized that he now had an actual person right in front of himself that he could sexually assault and so he grabs Pradyuman to try and sodomize him but the 7 year old Pradyuman resists and screams and when the situation seems to be getting out of hand Kumar takes the knife he had and slits Pradyuman's throat leaves the knife on the scene of the crime and walks out of the washroom doesn't change his clothes wears the same bloody shirt and comes back to the scene of the crime to pretend to help the kid pick him up and take him to the hospital all right so if all of this is true that is a holy crap amount of evidence against him um but and it's not completely implausible like for those who think right. you know a man cannot suddenly get into the state of mind the men have and men continue to which is appalling and right. it's horrible for society but it's not impossible so this is part 1 as far as i know ashwara is there more to the story because to me it just seems like he is done and dusted that's a lot of evidence you're right he seems done and dusted by every standard if this evidence is true This evidence also shows that this is a terribly planned murder by every standard. If Ashok Kumar did do it, he was incredibly stupid and careless with the crime, from taking the knife from his own bus to leaving it at the crime scene to not caring about the cameras. It's just all terribly planned. The Haryana police held a press conference at 11:30 p.m. that evening to reveal all of these details to the media. 11:30 in the night. The next day they presented 42 year old bus conductor Ashok Kumar to the world for his confession. Kya kiya bachcho? Tumne mara? Haan ji. Haan ji. Kyun? Bas buddhi kharab ho gayi thi. Us hosh hi na raha. Kaise mara? Chaku se. Chaku saath mein leke ghumte the? Na ji wo pehle se bas mein tha saaf karne ke liye aaya tha bathroom mein. किस लिए बच्चे को मारा क्यों मारा था मैं भीतर बढ़ रहा था उसमें अच्छा लैटरिंग में 
अचानक वो वहाँ पे आ गया मैं गलत काम कर रहा था अफसोस है तुम्हें बहुत ज्यादा जी बच्चे की एक मासूम की जान ले ली तुमने This was Ashok telling millions of people on national television that he had killed the little boy. But Ashok was a suspect caught only after 6 hours, just a 6 hour long investigation. I'm sure you're wondering though, they had the evidence, right? How does it matter if they found the evidence in 6 hours or 6 months? They said they had the evidence, they found it, and as long as a court of law thought that the evidence was legit, Ashok would go to prison. If not, he'd be set free. Why am I harping on and on about the six-hour-long investigation? I'm doing that because, unfortunately for the police, the theory that Ashok Kumar was the murderer made no sense to anyone, including Pradyuman's parents, who wanted the murderer to be caught more than anyone else in the world. Even they said that they knew that the theory was bullshit from the moment they heard it. I also keep harping on the 6R investigation because inside the school that day was another person very capable of being Pradyuman's murderer. And multiple people had noticed this person's suspicious behaviour even just a few minutes after Pradyuman was found in the corridor. To listen to how the CBI came into this investigation and took over it from the Haryana police, to understand what the CBI's new version of that fateful morning was, to listen to what Ashok Kumar had to say about why he confessed to killing seven-year-old Pradyuman, to listen to where this case stands today, five years since the crime. Tune in next week to listen to part two of the mysterious Gurugram school murder.